0: I want to use SUVs today as a bit of an example and a bit of a vehicle to explore the emotional challenges around climate action, where on the one hand, we get a lot of reports and studies coming out saying that consumers are more conscious than ever around the environment and that's how they're going to purchase and that's how they're going to make decisions. On the other hand, we've also got this huge rise of SUVs and problems surrounding it that are coming into focus where protesters are deflating ties in them, such as during COP26 in Glasgow and just generally trying to call for bans and various legislation to slow down the the kind of the rise of the SUV. And these two seem to be sitting at a, a bit of an impasse where on the one hand, you've got consumers who are of a demographic, who are wealthy, who are typically more environmentally conscious, but who are also then in turn buying SUVs more likely. And there's quite a big overlap in those two communities. So I just wanted to explore using the SUV what this really means at a broader level for climate action and how we try and motivate consumers and business owners to actually take action on the climate and and why we need to step away from the logic of our arguments and more towards the emotional side of our arguments in very positive ways mostly because that's how car companies have been doing it for decades and it clearly works so let's just try and do that and play dirty with this to try and get things moving rather than just being logically correct anyway so just to start off the problem with SUVs really is threefold. There's the fact that they create more emissions. They also lead to more road deaths, and they also create more pollution deaths. So, the emiss- emissions-wise, they typically generate around twenty-five percent more emissions than uh, an equivalent medium-sized car. So, if you take the Nissan Qashqai, for example, that generates around one hundred and forty CO two, uh, one hundred and forty grams of CO two per kilometer. Whereas the Vauxhall Corsa is around 100 grams. Now, both of these are brand new 2021 models that I looked up. Um, So fairly accurate, fairly recent data, despite, you know, these are very eco engines. So even then, we're still looking at, well, in this case, in this example, a 40% increase over the two engines, but the Vauxhall Corsa obviously being a slightly smaller car there. So there's no getting away from the fact that they generally create more emissions. And therefore, if people are buying them, they are immediately... Disregarding the the, the climate-related facts, there of larger car heavier to move, engine struggles more, creates more emissions, more fuel to, to move it. That isn't going into the purchase decision essentially. You know that, that purchasing decision consideration isn't really taking into account the fuel economy, and is still winning out. So, just to give you a bit of uh, so some stats around the rise of the popularity in SUVs. In 20, 2009, sorry, it was 6% of all vehicle sales. So this includes vans and uh, all, all other types of vehicles. Uh, in 2019, that had risen to 21%. So a fifth of all vehicles that were sold in 2019 were SUVs. So these are, and again, this is also from 2019, so it isn't going to be as accurate for, for last year, but um, the full results aren't out yet, obviously, because it's the third of um, January, on which we are recording this. Sorry for the uh, peek behind the curtain there if this is a later date when it's published. Um, anyway, they are, yes, yeah, so the SUVs outsold electric vehicles 37 to 1 in 2019. So, despite the fact that electric vehicles are becoming more and more popular and decreasing their emissions, because obviously we're not creating any emissions, you've got this twofold effect where there are probably last year, I mean, it's still, it's still going to be a, a big gap here. SUVs are outselling electric vehicles and they're creating more emissions. So you're talking as more of the proportion of cars that are on the road, more of them are are, uh, SUVs and therefore more of them are generating more emissions. So you're actually increasing the amount of emissions. Um, 75% of SUVs that were purchased are also living in urban areas, according to a study. Again, all links will be in the show notes and and, and sources for this as well as a link to a blog article that uh, describes this in in more detail if you want to look at the figures because I know there's going to be quite a lot in this episode. So yeah, 75% of SUVs were purchased in uh, living in urban areas. So it's not even like people are buying this because of a need. We are buying this because of a want. So there is no need for them to be driving these these larger cars, these off-road vehicles in essentially very suburban, urban areas, dropping kids off at school, going to the shops, driving to work, these sort of things where you don't need that larger safety, that larger uh, ground clearance, et cetera. The key thing there being that you know, they're being purchased because people want them and rather than because they need them, which we'll come on to you later. That's around the emission side. And there was a stat, which I'm just trying to look for now, which I think it was around 8 million tons of CO2 that they have increased um, due to the rise of SUVs. So I'm not sure what uh, range this is over. I believe it was over three or four years, 2015 to 2019. So that's an extra 8 million tonnes of CO2 that we're producing because purely because SUVs are bigger. You know, that's, that's above and beyond normal road traffic emissions anyway. Bearing in mind that all the flights of COP26 were around 60,000 tonnes of, of emissions. So 8 million is, you know, well, quite a lot larger than 60,000 tonnes. Not quick enough on the very simple maths there. Um, two other points with SUVs. Also, you know, it's a road deaths. They also... You're 11% more likely to die in a crash in an SUV than other vehicle types. This is not necessarily because of the vehicle type itself, but because you are uh, typically SUV drivers have a greater feeling of safety due to the higher ride position, which also means it's more likely to roll. And and because of the increased safety, people are are taking more risks in them um, and therefore crashing more often in them. That extra height also increases head and chest industries on pedestrians. So in an urban area where they typically are, if you hit a pedestrian in one, you're more likely to also kill a uh, a pedestrian or a child who are you know a, who are another road user, shall we say um, because of the increased height and the, and the kind of the worse invisibility visibility of, of of height there. So anyone who is smaller or um, kind of closer to the car, you can't see quite as well. and anyone you do hit, you're going to hit them at the head or the chest level, which obviously is is going to increase their their chance of death as well, unfortunately. So uh, there's two things here. There's the emissions are increased, more likely to kill someone on the road, both either yourself or someone else. And then also the the third one that ties into both of those is increased pollution deaths. So because they're generating more CO2 emissions, that's also increasing more air pollution in urban areas, and that leads to higher deaths. And there's been a few studies that have come out claiming around 40,000 people a year in the UK die from air-polluted-related complications, which is around 110 people per day, so it's not an insignificant number at all in terms of the amount of urban pollution we're getting, and this is the benefit of electric vehicles is it reduces CO2 emissions, but it also reduces air pollution in urban areas, and therefore it cleans things up a lot more. Conversely, more SUVs increases the amount of emissions and therefore increases the amount of road and pollution-related deaths as well, so that's the logic reasons why you shouldn't buy an SUV. Essentially, is on paper they are worse in every way. It's going to cost you more to run in terms of fuel economy. You're generating more emissions. Um, they're not necessarily safer because the, you know the data. Once you look at data sets, they're actually they are worse statistically, um, and they are going to cause more pollution. So in terms of you know asthma related complications in in school children, they're going to increase that as well in urban areas. So plenty of reasons why not to buy one. So why do people buy them? Because as we said earlier, they've increased from 6% in 2009 to 21% in 2019. So a fourfold increase over a decade there. And I think the key thing here to take a step back again is what does this tell us about climate change and how people are actually starting to react to this and how, how are we selling our ideas around climate change to people? Because clearly from a climate point of view, SUVs are terrible and we shouldn't be buying them at all and they should be decreasing in their popularity. But That doesn't seem to be happening. So what motivates people to buy things? And I think this is really where the SUV comes into a slightly clearer perspective. People are buying them because they feel safer in them and because there's a certain status that is attached to owning one in that if you've got a brand new Range Rover, you're going to feel a lot better about yourself rather than if you buy a brand new Nissan Micro, for example, because For most people, at least not necessarily the more environmentally conscious of you out there, but that status symbol is one of, of an emotional gains that you cannot, that you wouldn't get through purchasing a smaller car and even, you know, buying it, even a Nissan Leaf, it's going to be, or an electric vehicle that's that prestigious, that isn't enough. There's not an electric Range Rover out there at the minute, I don't believe. So people can only really buy the petrol versions. And that's clearly more important to them and to their friend group in terms of status than it is to um, buy an electric vehicle. I suppose the Tesla Model Y is about the only one that's out there, but that still doesn't carry the same sort of branded uh, status as a Range Rover might do, or other other SUVs are available, unfortunately. Um, So to get back on track, um, there are three main ways that people are motivated to buy things. And, you know, there's a functional purposes of it gets the car gets you from A to B. Um, so things like saving your time, reducing hassle, and making tasks easier to achieve with cars. The functional tends to be, you know, fuel economy, range. how you know, how cheap is it to run? The two other ones, the main reasons that people are buying the SUVs though, is is the emotional and social. So emotionally, things that are entertaining make people feel better, such as diet or wellness, gym subscriptions, etc. Um, nostalgic, which I think we're seeing quite a lot of at the minute in the marketing and also things that are rewarding. So things like, you know, chocolates or cocktail nights out or fancy meals out or stuff like that, where it's you're rewarding yourself for um, a difficult period or for succeeding in something. And then finally, social are more around things that are projecting your image and status of belonging into another area. So to go back to the car example, the Tesla angle is really strong here where owning a Tesla also comes with quite a big social element where, you're seen as leading the pack and you get access to the members club of the, you know, the Tesla, UK members club, ownership club, which is doesn't really exist in the same way for um, other cars or for other products or services. So those are the three big ones. You've got functional, emotional, and social. Now, SUVs sort of, don't, they don't really tick the, the functional ones because as we discussed, they, they take more fuel. You don't really need one in an urban environment, which is where most of them are being sold. However, it does tick the emotional and the social ones. Emotional being that you feel safer and that people feel better about themselves because they're in this lovely, comfortable, large car where they can see everything around them and it's slightly higher off the road. And from a social point of view, they belong to that kind of status. They're, they're gaining a status from owning that vehicle and they're going to look better and going to have better interactions with people around them. Now, that is why that's what's driving the sales of them because if you sit down on a piece of paper and look at them and, and compare them to two different things, that they're fundamentally a worse thing to purchase that aren't necessary. But the emotional and the social is what's overriding that. And I think this is, and this comes to the point of the episode, is that it, this is the important bit in terms of climate change and why we need to start thinking about the climate action that we're selling in a completely different way. or well, not not necessarily a completely different way, but certainly when you're talking to clients and when you're talking to people, is don't lead with the climate bit because that isn't clearly isn't motivating enough. If that was motivating enough, no one would be buying SUVs, and SUVs would be falling off a cliff and would become undesirable because of all the things we mentioned at the start. That isn't happening yet, and I don't think that's going to happen for quite a while in the UK at least, because that's not the main driver. To get to that point, we need to make climate action sexier and more appealing than the SUV, effectively, and that we need to tie up the emotional and social gains around climate action to be more persuasive than the alternative. I think tree planting is a very good example of this because it's accessible, it's cheap, it's easy to understand, people can imagine it if you say to people what you're doing, and it makes people feel good and like they're helping. And that kind of climate relief from climate anxiety is a very simple transaction and a very emotional transaction that you can kind of gain. So people like Ecology have done really well out of this in terms of making... It making it feel possible for anyone to really get involved and make a big impact on the climate for a very small amount of money in the grand scheme of things. You know, we're talking tens, fifteen, tens tens of pounds rather than thousands of pounds um, to try and tackle the climate crisis, which means that it's got a very broad appeal. Now. to Conversely on that, you know, not buying an SUV, not taking a flight. Having a reduction in lifestyle would, of course, be much more impactful than tree planting, but people aren't going to do that because of the emotional and the social stakes there. Functionally, yes, that does win out, but emotionally and socially, am I going to not go on holiday with friends because of the climate? It's very unlikely because the the appeal to that and the pull of that is far stronger than the alternative. And therefore, we can't fight that emotional action ground on purely logical decision or logical marketing grounds. We need to start appealing to the emotional and the social elements there. And I think that goes beyond fear because at no point in this has fear really sold anything. People aren't buying SUVs because they feel scared of other road users. They're they're doing it because they feel safer. That might sound kind of confusing, but I think it's a very important distinction because though it's very similar, there's not an active fear that is driving people towards SUVs. It's people who are getting in an SUV, driving it around for a test drive, and then they are feeling, they are gaining something from that. So the, the fear-led messaging, I just think, simply doesn't work. And that causes people to shut down rather than to, to go out there and try and pull and, and get excited about stuff. So really, when we're talking about climate action, and I don't there's no specifics here I want to tie into, but I think just broadly about when we're thinking about products that we're trying to sell or services we're trying to sell to people that are environmentally beneficial and that even change in people's lives that is environmentally beneficial. It needs to be focused on what are they emotionally gaining and what are they gaining socially as well? How does it make their lives better within their friend group and within their social circles in order to have a you know better life rather than it just being purely you look better in this kind of green, quote unquote, green, um, lifestyle, which that's still not enough of a pull alone to, to, um, have mass appeal. I think it does in some segments, but overall it's not big enough. So we need to try and work out how we essentially sell a lot of these climate-related actions without ever mentioning the climate. And I think that's really key because the average person in the street doesn't really care about that green thing necessarily. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Doesn't care as much about that as other things in their life. It will certainly appear on a survey when they're making decisions or when they're thinking, you know, does something, does being green mean something to you? They'll probably tick yes, because in a survey, there's a natural bias to appearing good there. When it comes to the crunch point and the actual taking action and making that decision, that is going to be second, third, fourth down the list with the first two or three being that emotional, being that social benefit uh, gain and that the climate thing there isn't going to um, be as relevant to them as it is for everyone else. So I think really what we need to to summarize the, the point in this episode is that SUVs are factually, you know, they, they cost people more, they increase risk to their health, and they generate more emissions, and they're bad for the environment, and all of this bad stuff. However, their popularity is still increasing because they make people feel good. That is the ultimate summary of it, is that people get in one, they feel great, and therefore they want to buy one, and therefore they do. All the logic in the world doesn't necessarily work against that with most people. It will do for some segments, but for most people, that feeling good is what is winning the emotional purchasing decision. Rather than working against that, we need to adopt a similar strategy around climate action and make sure that we are providing more compelling alternatives to these people to make sure that they are then making action and that they are bringing themselves to these solutions and these products without working against them bit of a longer episode today, but this is one that's been in the in, in the tank, as it were, for quite a while because I've been thinking this over. SUVs are a really interesting summary of the, I think, the, the wider climate problem where a lot of the marketing I see is still focusing on the logic of climate action rather than of the emotional and the social benefits of it. So I think we need to move away from that and really use these strategies of marketing and, and success that clearly have worked for these car companies for decades now and, and use it to our advantage rather than to their advantage. Any thoughts or questions on this, please do email me at adam small 99couk or hit me up on LinkedIn. Always keen to hear thoughts on how we can take this further and, and keep accelerating. Um, and I apologise for all of the car-based puns in this episode. Thank you and see you next time.